Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Every week, I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, ordinary people just like you and me. We all have family, yet no two families are alike. For some of us, family brings to mind the people who are or were most directly related to us our parents, siblings, children. For others, family is untraditional. It's the people who extended love when we most needed it. And yet for some, we acknowledge that family is a reminder of brokenness, that on this side of heaven, things are just not the way they're supposed to be. The Bible has a lot to say about family. It's filled with genealogies and stories of generations who followed God, albeit not always perfectly, who are used to advance his story and kingdom. It's ultimately a reminder that in Christ, we always belong in God's family, adopted as his sons and daughters. Having been adopted as a baby, Juliana Gerlach struggled in her adolescent years with feelings of being abandoned. This led to many years of looking for love in all the wrong places. Eventually, this pursuit of love led her across the country where she found herself pregnant twice and facing circumstances that left her feeling devastated and hopeless. Eventually, God led Jewel home, and through the love of her family and others, she discovered the love that she had been looking for all along in Christ. Jewel's is a story of redemption that only God could write. So let's jump right in. You being here is a God story in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Somebody reached out to me and said, you should interview Jewel. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'll reach out to her. We're friends. Mm -hmm. And then can you tell everybody what your response to me was? My response was, Lord, I put this on hold and now you're shoving it in my face. It's time to do it. (laughs) I guess he was like, let's not delay this. Let's do it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fact that it was something that was on your heart. Yeah. And then somebody else had reached out to me. It was perfect timing. Definitely. Definitely the Lord. Yeah. yeah. So I am excited that this is your first opportunity to yeah. to share. And as I prayed before we started, I, I really hope that there are more opportunities to come. Yeah, me too. But uh, before we jump in too deep... Can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, sure. So I am Juliana Gerlach. I'm a single mom of two kids. I have a six-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter. I'm also living with my parents, Larry and Linda, right now. And I have an older brother who's married, and I'm a very proud auntie of his two children. So one was just born in December on Christmas. So Christmas baby. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been going to Calvary my entire life. Um, my dad actually helped build this building back in 2001. So wow. Definitely rooted in Calvary, I would say. Mm-hmm. I've been working on staff. I guess I would say I'm a substitute up at the front desk, and I help on facilities every now and again, and I worked down in the Calvary Preschool 
And I was a leader for study and share for a little bit for some moms. Yeah, it's busy. Yeah. And you just recently started a new job too. Yes. With Align, who's one of our partner organizations. So can you explain what you do? And I know this job really hits close to home for you. So I would love to hear why. It sure does. I, again, that was definitely the Lord get me getting, even getting that job. Mm -hmm. So I've been there since April of last year. So it'll almost be a year here soon. Crazy. Time flies. It does. Oh, it's crazy. (laughs) And I'm at the Lancaster location, which we're moving in April too. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. So we put a stake in Lancaster city. So that's really exciting. But yeah, I'm the secretary there. Okay. You know, I, I like to say being a secretary, which I'm sure our secretary Angie can relate with is like, there's tons of flying pieces everywhere. Yes. And then you just grab them and put them all in order. Mm hmm. So this was, a, again, like I said, it was a job that I never knew I wanted. And then the Lord put me in it and I was like, oh, this is my dream job. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, yeah, but it took me a little bit to get used to it because I would say this is my first professional job. Okay. So I'm learning and I have a lot of encouragement. A lot of the staff is very, very encouraging. So that's good. But yeah, he brought me full circle. The Lord brought me full circle because I actually went to a crisis pregnancy center when I was pregnant with my son. Wow. So it's a full circle. And now I get to help the women Yeah. that are going through, not every situation is the same as mine, but a lot of them are. Yeah. So that strong desire to help women. And I didn't know how strong it was until he put me in this job. So it's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that so of him? Like sometimes I, I think that We have this idea of like the things that we dream about as kids are the things that are our dreams. And then we don't realize that sometimes that changes and gets shaped as we keep walking Mm -hmm. down the journey of life. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, here's another dream that I didn't even know. (laughs) Right, right. It's not just fairy tales and stuff. It's like real dreams. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to word it. Yeah. The things that God prepares you for that. Yeah that you realize in that moment you're like, he has for you. I went through all those trials for this and it's, and it's so fruitful and so worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's so easy to say. It's not always going to be like that, right. but there are instances I think for each of us where we can look back and say, Oh yes, God, now I see. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my eyes are now open. <laughs> yeah. So, Your story goes back even further than just your experience with a pregnancy center. Right, right. Because you were adopted as a baby. Yep. Can you tell part of that story? Yeah, yeah. I was born in July. And then at the end of the end of the month, I was adopted. So I was three weeks old when my parents got me. And it was something like I always knew my parents like weren't my birth parents, Mm -hmm. but they always are and always will be my parents. It was, yeah, something we always talked about. I just, I never really knew the details of my adoption until I was older. So it was all like me putting the pieces together. Yeah. So as as an adolescent and a young adult, would you say that's when you started to kind of put the pieces together? Yes. Okay. So during that time, how did you process through those details and process through being adopted and how did that affect your relationship or even maybe your view of God? Right. Like I never really thought about being adopted. Like when I was like really little, it wasn't like something I thought about daily or even weekly or monthly. 
it was like every now and again, I'd be like thinking my parents were like some celebrity or something. I'd be uh-huh. like, oh yeah, I look like that person. I must be famous. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was like always something I thought about. Like I, I can distinctly remember being like on a school bus and being like, yep, my, my mom's Britney Spears. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, or even like my sister or something. Sure. Um, Idealizing it. Yes. Yes. I was putting a fantasy to a reality, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, then I grew, I grew up into my teen years and I think like subconsciously I had abandonment issues almost. Mm. And that's nobody's fault. My parents loved me. Oh my word. They were so great. And the abandonment issues is what led me to wanting to find love everywhere except for Christ. Mm. I was going ham. Like, <laughs> like I just was trying to find it in friends and hobbies and interests. And then once boys came into the picture, boys and my friends back then could tell you I went through boys like I went through socks. Like it was, wow. I was trying to find that love. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I, I lost myself in relationships and in the wrong people. And then I lost sight of God. Like, I mean, he was always there loving me, but I don't know. I was, I was wanting the right here and right now. Mm-hmm. And I can say too, like back then, I mean, it didn't really affect my relationship with God because I don't really think I had one. I don't think I knew him. Like I knew who he was. I knew the Bible stories, all the basic Bible stories, but I didn't know Christ. Like it was all head knowledge, not heart knowledge. Mm-hmm. I saw my adoption story as rejection. It was full out rejection. It was not, now I see it as love, but it was rejection for me back then as a teen Yeah. And I can imagine as a teenager, it's like, if that's what you feel like is defining in your life, that's going to spill over into how you view God. Right. So then as you became old enough to start making your own decisions, how did that view of God then affect the choices that you made? Oh man, I made my own choices. Let's put it that way. Yeah. There was no contacting God because I didn't really see that as an option. Hmm. Like I said, it was a head knowledge. So it wasn't like, hey, God, should I do this? It was like, I'm going to do this because I need to find the love that I'm so desperately searching for that is in God, but it was in everything else. Mm -hmm. I made so many selfish choices. I ended up in Arizona, again, looking for love. That's where the fork in the road, that was the huge change in my life. I would say now, now the changes were for the better, but in that moment, then I would say they were the worst. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were the worst things that could have happened in the moment. What happened was that I followed a love interest out there thinking this was, this was it. Mm -hmm. Cause he showed me the front side of him, not the back side. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. It was one of the darkest moments in my life too out there. And that's where I found myself pregnant and ended up at that pregnancy resource center. I was in disbelief that I was pregnant. (laughs) And I remember thinking like my parents were going to like, they were going to, disown me not talk to me like once I told them and it's funny because now a lot of girls come into our center and say that and then when I did tell them when I stepped into that and I was like I gotta tell them I was in shock with how much love they showed me Mm. like they just open arms they're like what what can we do how can we help my mom like did a flight to come out there and see me like do an ultrasound again at a pregnancy resource center wow yeah And then a few months after having my son, I found out I was pregnant again Mm. with my daughter. So same, same dad, but again, crazy choices. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, I went full crisis destructive mode. Mm. Like I just, I felt hopeless. 
and then a friend out there committed suicide and I was like oh my gosh that was I was in dis- despair <laughs> like that's when I realized I think subconsciously like I can't stay out here mm-hmm. not that I'm suicidal but I was like I'm gonna end up like him because he was in the family I was in for longer wow so I was like this is gonna be this is going to be me. Yeah. So. Cause you're a new mom. You're pregnant. Your friend commits suicide. Right. I can just imagine all the emotions that are going on Yeah. in that season of your life because it's like everything was new and everything was still constantly changing. Yes. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. It was crazy. And I mean, with my daughter too, like I, I was definitely pursuing abortion too. Mm. I didn't obviously go through with it or even go to any places, but I was contacting people and it was in my mind. I just couldn't do it again, but we prayed over loving her and she's attached to my hip. So (laughs) the Lord does really provide (laughs) for those prayers. But Yeah. Yeah. What ultimately made you decide not to go through with the abortion? I don't know. I just think, I think again, that was the Lord because I think I contacted one place and I think I just asked, like, do you do abortions? And I think they said no. So okay. it was probably a resource center again, like thinking back on it. Mm-hmm. But I think I just, the Lord put in my mind that it's just too much work <laughs> to do it. And I'm thankful. So Yeah, because yeah, if they would have said yes, it probably would have been a lot easier for you to keep walking down that path. Right, right. And I also, like, didn't have money. And yeah. ab- abortions cost a lot of money. So, mm-hmm. so. That's was also a plus that I was broke. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say to women now who you meet, who are in that situation, who aren't sure what to do and who feel hopeless? That's so hard to answer because it's like every call when they call into the center, if I'm there, I'd be the one that's talking to them. But every situation is different. And the first thing I do is pray. And like I said, love's kind of in my story. Actually, it's probably the theme of my story, Mm. but he just puts love on my heart for this person. In my job, you can't sit there and judge them for their choices. Right. Like they made choices. Everybody makes bad choices, Mm -hmm. but I just try to show them love. I don't know. It's hard over the phone. Yeah. Because we don't really have a lot of walk-ins and even texting too. Like you just try to show them like, I know that the choices that have led you to this and it feels like this is the end of every aspect, but mm-hmm. it's, it's really not. And I, I try to, if I can, I try to connect with them on a different level too. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard question. Cause yeah. I've never really, I don't sit in with them. Like when we right. do the pregnancy tests and stuff like that, but right. But you're the first person that they interact with. So in a way you're the first line of defense. Right. And just the fact that you can sympathize with them because you know what it's like to be in their shoes to some extent. Right. Is such a gift. Right. It's definitely the Lord because sometimes it's like, why are you making these choices? But then I'm like, I made these choices. Like, Mm -hmm. Lord, just help me love them like you love them is like my prayer. Yeah. Like every single time. And some of the times he blesses me with that intense feeling like over the phone. Because mm-hmm. I remember even one time a girl called and we connected and she was crying. I was crying. Ugh. She ended up hanging up. She wasn't mad. She just was emotional. Uh-huh. But I, I was sobbing because <laughs> I wasn't even supposed to be there that, that morning. No way. Yeah, it was definitely the Lord. And I hope, 
hope the situation worked out for the better. And the best thing about Align that I think, not maybe not the best thing in everybody's opinion, but we do the post-abortion support too. Mm. So I was able to like show her, even if you do walk through with this choice, we love you and we want we want you to be okay too. Mm-hmm. So it's emotional. But yeah. It's and great. <laughs> so special. Like I said, it's such a gift. Yeah. Have you been encouraged by the stories you've heard on Pursuing Life? God is doing a great work in the lives of his people, and we know that there are still so many stories to be told. Many of the stories you've heard on Pursuing Life have been told as the result of someone else's encouragement. At times, it's easy to recognize God at work in our stories, but other times, we need others to remind us of the good work they see God doing in our lives. So whether you have a story of your own or a story you want to encourage someone else to share, we invite you to submit those stories at calvarychurch.org slash share a story so that we can continue to celebrate the work that he is doing in, around, and through us. As we do that, we not only give God glory, but encourage each other as we pursue life in Christ together. So going back to your story, yes. <laughs> you're, you're in Arizona and you have your son and you're pregnant with your daughter. What happens next? <laughs> uh, let's do that brief. But <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you long stories. Um, but yeah, so my friend committed suicide. So that was, that was a big click in my brain. Like mm-hmm. something, I got to, something has to change. But then it was, it was my brother getting married. Really? Yes. So his fiance texted me and invited me to the wedding. Wow. Because when I was writing this, I was like, I wonder why she texted me. And then I'm like, well, I moved 11 times. Like I didn't have an address. Mm -hmm. So that's the only way. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so she texted me and that was like, that was like my reason to come home. Mm. And I remember thinking, even in my mind, it was just a visit. Mm -hmm. And I think the man I was with too well, not a man, a boy that I was with. Like I had to think that it was a visit for him to think that it was a visit, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a planned two week visit. But as soon as my feet landed in Pennsylvania soil, I did not go back. Wow. So yeah. It so it was him getting married on April Fools. So it was March tenth, which is coming up here soon. Mm-hmm. We celebrate Glad She Came Home Day. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Do you actually have a celebration? Yes. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that really does remind me of the lost son. Yeah, and well, that and we actually do because my brother was adopted as well. Okay. So we both have glad we got you days. Yes. So we have we have like two birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. glad we got you days. We just do like dinner or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, so we're big on celebrating at our house. I guess. Yes. Well, because. God gives us things to celebrate. There's celebration all over the Bible and he created that. So we're not just meant to mourn with each other. We're meant to rejoice with each other too. Yes. Yes. So you finally came back home. Yes. Did you already have your daughter or did you have her here? I had her here. You had her here. Okay. So my friend committed suicide February 10th. I came home March 10th and my brother got married April 1st and then my daughter was born in September. Wow. Yeah. Whirlwind. Yeah. It was a crazy year. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But it was a good year. It was all, I mean, not the beginning. <laughs> right. But I mean, not that I'm glad that my friend committed suicide, but the Lord used that trial definitely mm-hmm. to rescue me. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So then what ultimately brought you back to a relationship or brought you to for the first time right. <laughs> to a relationship with Jesus? Well, it would, again, here I'm going to use the word again. It was love. <laughs> mm. It was my parents never stopping to love me. They loved me through it all. And then I had a, my best friend, Christ really used her. Like mm. she was the one friend, even in Arizona, all of it. She like never gave up on me. Mm. And she's like, you should come to study and share. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's the Bible study at Calvary. And it was hard for me to even come back to Calvary. But then I found a group of women that I thought wouldn't like me, but loved me. Mm. So, so that helped. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, going to study and share and through my group leader, the Lord really opened up my eyes being like, Jewel, it's not, it's not about knowing like who I am in your head. It's fantastic that you know all my stories, but it's more important that we know each other together. Mm-hmm. And it was that never ending love that Christ really showed me and opened up my heart to like, this is a relationship thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the moment I found the loving relationship that I was missing. It's not about the head knowledge, it's about the heart knowledge. Yes. Yeah. How has life changed since then? It's like having a best friend <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, life has not gotten easier, but not gotten harder. Mm-hmm. Love and surrender are the the words that I'm most like learning mm-hmm. to like daily surrender because it's it's all about that. I always set my expectations way too high, and then I just need to be like, Lord, this is this is your your story you're writing for me, not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking about the parents out there who maybe have a child who is lost or wandering. Yeah, what would you say to them? Oh. To all those parents, I'd say never stop loving. Mm-hmm. Never. This world is filled with temptation. Set boundaries, show them grace, show your children grace, and love them. My parents showed me Jesus through the ways they loved me. All the different ways. They, they set their boundaries, but they showed me grace, and that's just like Jesus. So yeah. just, just keep loving. I know it's hard. You can ask my parents. <laughs> it wasn't the easiest thing. But I mean, look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but yeah. Yeah. But God has given you a reason to rejoice. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I recognize and that you've even said to me is like one of the biggest themes of your story is this idea of redemption. Mm-hmm. So how does the love that you were shown impact then how you look to the future? Mm. I mean, Christ has, yes, I agree, fully redeemed my story. And he, I mean, he's still writing my story. I'm in a healthy relationship with a, a really hopeful future. He has and is going to use my story to save others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe like some of that is generational sin too. I don't know if you've heard that term. Sure. But um, to like use that as like an example, like my birth parents, they didn't live or still don't live the healthiest lifestyles Mm -hmm. and my my birth mother was looking for love in all the wrong places not that I'm blaming her Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. because I made my own choices without her even being part of my life yeah (laughs) but I went through that as well right but I was able to break free of that through prayer love and grace like Mm. my counselor helped me through that (laughs) yeah and again it's still a daily thing of 
you know, breaking that off and stopping it in the line that I am. Mm-hmm. Like I fully attend to stop it in my life and mm-hmm. not pass it on to my children. But yeah, but again, it'll be through love and grace and prayer because nobody's perfect. My kids aren't going to be perfect. Right. But I'm not going to allow them to go through what I did. And if they did, you know, the Lord will use it. So you mentioned your biological parents. Yes. (laughs) Who you are now in contact with. What has that been like? And has it been healing for you to learn more of your story and your history? Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> I learned about them through Ancestry DNA. Uh-huh. It's just crazy to even like think about that. Like, oh, it's wild that this is something that we have access to. <laughs> I know. Because it's like you could you could turn on the matches like on, in the app like after you get it. And I was like, mm, uh, I mean, probably not going to find anybody, but whatever. If it happens, mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being my half-sister texting me being, like, she asked a bunch of questions on the app and then was, like, asking, she was, like, were you born July 8th, 1990 in Erie, PA? And I was, like, yes. She's, like, you're my (laughs) half-sister. I'm, like, oh, my word. Unbelievable. So then within 24 hours, I was talking to my birth mom, my half-sister, my birth dad, and another half-sister. And it was just crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just crazy. Like to have this like reality to these people. Right. Like, and it wasn't Britney Spears. No, it was not Britney Spears. <laughs> She's very pretty, but <laughs> she was not Britney Spears. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like finally being able to put these faces to like my imagination. Yeah. 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 It was just, it was to answer your question about healing. It was very healing mm. to be able to tell my birth mom, thank you for choosing life. Because babies don't have voices, but I do. Mm-hmm. And my birth mom very much had the opportunity, like in her situation was not good either, to be like, I don't want to carry this baby. But she decided to carry me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was a very healing to, be, to tell her that and encourage her in that way. Yeah. So as we talk about family, and obviously... Mm-hmm. Family was so impactful throughout your whole story, and I know still is so impactful yes. for you. Uh, the The last question that we're asking everybody in this series is, what is family to you, and what has family taught you about God? So I'd love to hear your answer to that question. Yeah. This one took me a little bit to think about, like just to get the right words, but the Lord put them on my heart, and and here they are. Okay. <laughs> the family's not always blood. Mm. family is grace family is forgiveness and most most importantly family is love family has taught me how much god loves us all there's nothing nothing that will stop god from loving us and wanting the absolute best for us we are all adopted into god's family yes we are amen that is beautiful Thank you. <laughs> that was the Lord, not yes, me. <laughs> yes. I love it when he lays stuff like that on our hearts. Yes. yes. Well, Jewel, thank you yeah. for taking this step. I know it was a little outside of your comfort zone. Just a little bit. <laughs> but thank you yeah. for sharing and opening that door to allow people to see how God has been at work in your life. Yeah. I know it's your heart and prayer that it would encourage others and bring glory to him. Yes. So. We pray that too. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, of course. It was great to be here. Jewel's story is a reminder to us not to lose hope. Not one of us is too far out of reach for God. 
If someone you love is far from the Lord, don't lose heart. He knows us better and loves us more deeply than we could ever imagine, and nothing is impossible for him. Jewel's story is a testimony of that truth. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Pursuing Life podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great week.